Amen. So today we are, uh, last week I shared with you um, just the title of my message is prayer. And I kind of went a little farther talking about what real prayer is and understanding prayer. Um, For the last few weeks, we've not had a series in the month of May, and and then on Wednesday nights, we've been talking, the title of our series on Wednesday night is No More Fear, not allowing fear to have place in our lives. Um, There there are some basic truths that I've shared with you uh, this month and, and then on Wednesday night. There's some basic truths here that have to become real to us. We can't just have a knowledge of this. It has to become real. One of the Sundays this month, we talked on tithes and offering and an understanding that tithes and offering are not as much about money as they are about the promise of God. Um, Learning that honoring God and giving to God what belongs to Him in the tithe is something that involves an exchange of something that we do day to day and that God has promised to us in the Word, which is His blessing, His empowerment on our lives to prosper. I mean, that's why for 30 years we've taught tithe and offering. As Fabian said, as he said during the tithe message today that he shared, that there's a lot of different ideas about it. And, and if, if, you think that, if you think that tithing is about trying to get something from you, it's, it's, a wrong, it's, it's a wrong thought process, and you have to change that. It's about gets, getting something to you, and that what, he, what God is attempting to get to us day to day is His blessing, His empowerment in our lives. We have to understand that. We have to understand, as we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, that that fear has to leave our lives. Everybody, everybody that is born into this earth is born into fear. Everybody is. Because there's a society and a world out there that is controlled by the enemy. The, the, the enemy is the God. The devil himself is the God of the world system. I'm not saying he's, in, he's the God of your world, but he's the God of the system out there that goes on. That system has gone on since Adam and Eve gave it up in the garden. And and he works overtime to convince people and put fear on people that what you see and and, and the way things appear to be are more real than what God has promised. That's all he's after. If he can keep you constantly second-guessing that God can't do what he's promised in his word, then you'll live in fear every day. God doesn't want us in fear. He wants no more fear in our lives, and that's what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. We've got to get that deep down in our hearts. We've talked a lot this year about love and forgiveness, and these last two Sundays I've been talking about prayer and what real prayer is, and we have to understand it. We have to get a hold of this. All of these things are promises in God's Word, and and, I, and we've been reading Deuteronomy 29.9, and it would do you good to take this verse of Scripture, meditate on it, look at it in different translations, because there's something here that 
is, is vital to us not just knowing the things I was just telling you about, not just knowing that I need to be delivered of fear, but actually being delivered of fear. Not just knowing that I should be a tither, but actually having the revelation that the tithe is real and I want to follow through in that. Not, not, just, not just hearing stories about people that forgave other people and about walking in love, but really actually doing it ourselves. And not just hearing about prayer and kind of going through the motions of prayer, but knowing what real prayer is and operating in it. And that's what we're talking about today. But Deuteronomy 29.9 Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Prosperity, the word prosperity in, in its, in its um, purest form of, or, uh, of its definition, prosperity is advancing going beyond an original way of thinking about something. It's going past that. God, God wants you and I to prosper, and to prosper, we have to do the things that we hear. In other words, a doer does out of what they believe, not just what they have information from. I'm going to say it again. A doer does something because he believes in it. In other words, a tither tithes because he believes in tithing. Somebody that forgives someone else that you... you listen, when someone's done you wrong, if you're forgiving them, you believe in forgiveness. Or you wouldn't forgive them. And to be free from fear... The Bible says the only way that you can be free from fear is to walk in perfect love, perfected love, developed love. And so I told you last week, last Sunday, that we're going to talk about prayer and how to implement prayer on a day-to-day -day basis. What is prayer actually for? Another verse that we've read is Matthew 8, 13. Let's look at that real quick. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. We've talked about that story over and over and over again. And what I've told you is that as you believe something, not just have knowledge of it, but you really believe it, so it will be done for you, whatever it is. As you believe, it will be done for you. And so today, as we talk about prayer, and, and at the end, I'm going to pray the prayers in Ephesians and the one in Colossians. I'm going to pray those over you today in a, in a little bit different way than I have before. And I'm going to speak some things over you and to you that I believe you're going to get that you've never had before based on some things I'm going to share with you right now. So, I want to start in uh, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. 
Um, I'm going to read this and then I have something I want to say about it. <clears throat> he said, therefore, verse 1, Paul, this is Paul's first letter to Timothy and he's telling him, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. How many men? Everybody. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This is good and acceptable. This is what God wants. What does He want? First of all, to pray. Everybody say, first of all. What does that mean? First of all. See, most people don't know how vitally important that prayer is until they don't have it. First of all, where the church is concerned, we have to be people that pray. Okay? Now, that's real intimidating because of what we've thought prayer is. But if he says, first of all, if we want, how many want to live a peaceable life? The only way? Only way. Only way. The only way is prayer. Wow. I've got to learn how to pray. I've got to pray, 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 pray. I've got to figure out how to pray. Because either that or there's no peace. No, it's not really that way. Because how many in here this morning when you woke up, you, were, you struggled to get out of bed and breathe? Like right now, are you spending a lot of mental anguish and time figuring out how to take the next breath? No. And I say prayer is just like breathing. And if it's not, it needs to become that way. It needs to become a part of your life to where that's all you do is pray. Oh, Pastor, all I, I, I mean, I, I, got, I got to do this and that, and I got to figure this out. I got, I got all these responsibilities. How can I pray? Well, the problem is you have a misunderstanding of what real prayer is. Prayer in its purest form defined is connection with God. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, why would I want any part of my day disconnected from God? I don't want him, I don't want to be disconnected. I want to be connected, right? And the life, the life of church, the reason that we pray so much here, there's a reason that it's talked about so much, is that church life has to entail what God's Word says it should. Church life, the, the church that you attend, this place here, is not just a social club. 
You can join all kinds of social clubs and be connected to those, but listen to me, if you're not being prayed for, you're not accomplishing what God put you here for. If you're not being prayed for, you're not accomplishing what you were put on this earth for. Now, did you hear what I said? I didn't say if you weren't praying. I said if you're not being prayed for. So, when I read 1 Timothy 2, it says, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, all men and women, all people. So, if first of all, what needs to be done is praying for everybody, then here at this place, first of all, the way we take that is that you need to be prayed for before anything else. Before anything else, you need to be prayed for. I said, before anything, you need to be spoken over, given thanks for, declared over. Why? Because of what we preach. Now, I read this verse last week, and I'll, I'll read it again. And it's in the first prayer in Ephesians 1, starting with verse 15. And Paul says this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, did not cease to give thanks for you. Several other different translations says that Paul said this, I can't stop praying for you. I never cease praying for you. I'm constantly reminded that you need to be prayed for. Why? Because of what Paul was teaching them. And what was he teaching them? Faith and how to walk in love with other people. When you're taught how to walk by faith in God and you're taught how to love other people, all hell's going to come against you trying to convince you that there's no way to walk in love with these people, there's no way to believe for this, you need to be prayed for and you need prayers like Ephesians 1 that says that the eyes of your understanding would be opened and enlightened so that you could know and understand what's going on, what God has for you, how God wants you to act and react to other people, how God wants you to treat people, and how God wants you to forgive those who have done you wrong. You need those prayers. I told you last week that if you're a part of this body, that I pray for you every single day and I don't miss a day. I pray for you every single day. Why? Because God continually reminds me that you need it. Did you hear what I said? Because 
If we're going to preach what we're preaching, what I'm telling you today, if we're going to preach about the tithe, the devil's going to come against you. If we're going to preach about forgiveness, then opportunities to not forgive are going to arise on a daily basis. That's why so many people come to church for a season and they leave church life because they get so moved by what's coming against them that they feel powerless to overcome. And I've had people personally tell me, and, and it's this way for a season, people that came here, they left the church. And they said, you know, things were so much easier after I left. For a while. For a while. But the last time somebody told me that, long time ago, the last time somebody told me that, you know what God said to me? He said, you're not praying enough for people. You're not praying and believing for people to overcome the attacks and the things that the enemy brings against them. You're not praying enough. And when God told me that, I started praying more. I continually pray more. I continually am reminded, as Paul was, that if you're going to teach the truth, we're not going to just teach things that people want to hear and just to make you feel good today and, and, and not give you understanding and revelation about how to overcome. If, if we're going to teach other things just to keep people in the church, that's one thing, but to teach the Word and the truth of God's Word and the promises of God's Word, to do that, you have to be prayed for. And then, there has to be the revelation that gets downloaded, what I'm sharing with you today, that gets downloaded in you to pray for other people. And see, when we're, we're praying for everybody, when we're learning to lay our lives down for other people and pray and speak the word for people, then people's lives get changed. See, what, see what's so difficult is that when you judge life based on today, you're going to be deceived. But if you judge life based on truth and revelation from God's word about what he's doing today and before you, when you, when you base things on that and you look at things that way, then you, you will never allow yourself to quit and be discouraged. Do you know how many people today, this morning, woke up this morning and didn't want to live? It's astronomical how many people wake up every morning and they don't want to get up. They don't want to live. They don't want to live their life. Why? Because the lies of the enemy attack their mind. I'm not saying that maybe that wasn't some of you. I'm just saying you're being prayed for if you're a part of this place. The word is being declared and spoken over your life. And our faith and our belief is that you have wisdom and understanding to get out of bed, to overcome, to be empowered, to get set free of those kind of thoughts and those feelings in your life so that you can accomplish all God intended for you to accomplish. I mean, it's a fight. But every day you hear 
of people doing crazy things and committing suicide and taking their lives. Every day you hear those kind of things. Why? Because the battle between the ears is not being won. Why? Because in most cases, they're not being taught the Word of God so that they can get a different plan and different ideas to get free of the, what? The fear that is gripping their lives. And then sometimes people hear enough word, but they're not being prayed for. They're, they're, they're not being prayed that their eyes can open up and get revelation. It's one thing to have knowledge of the word, but you've got to have it downloaded into you so you're beginning to live it every day. God doesn't just want us talking about it. He wants us living it and experiencing it. That's what God's Word was intended to do for you today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life. And I'm telling you, as you learn how to pray, as you learn how to declare and speak the Word for other people, you'll see it happen for yourself. God told me it's very important that I pray for myself. I don't know about you, but I feel it's really important that I pray for myself. So when I pray for other people every day, I first pray for myself. And that seems a little selfish, but if I don't have continued revelation and understanding from God's Word, I'm not going to be able to speak it and be effective over other people, right? I'm telling you today, it's more important, it's more important for you to be a prayer and to understand prayer and to be under a covering of something that prays for you than anything else in your life. Don't raise your hand when I ask you this question, but I'm asking you this, and think about this. How many people do you know that are discouraged in, in the things of God today? How many people in, like in the church world that are discouraged, or they can, they've come to a point where they, they feel kind of overwhelmed, or they're discouraged, or whatever? They need prayer. Don't, don't, don't slap people around and don't try to fix them. And You can't fix a soul, I promise you. You can't fix or change anybody's idea about life. Not anybody. If somebody comes to you and they want information, then you can give it to them. But you'll never change people in any way, shape, or form that are not conforming to the things of God. They need prayer. First of all, you pray. And that's where we start. So what does prayer look like? Just like I told you last week. Starting with this Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1 prayers. Just starting with those. I'm not just saying just mechanically pray those. But I tell you what. If you'll mechanically pray those three prayers, they'll become revelation to you. And the words that you say, you'll believe. And what did we read earlier? Whatever, whatever you believe, it'll be done for you the way it was done for the centurion. Right? no matter what it is. But it starts with prayer, not anything else. It's more important that you're under a prayer covering than it is that you're under any other kind of covering in life. Or God would have said, first of all, make sure this. First of all, do this. First of all, do something else. I want to be doing the first of all thing first. Did it say prayer was it? No. It said that's where it starts. Learning to pray. 
I'm going to pray those three prayers again and, uh, in, a, in a moment. But I want to read something in Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, whether you're under the law or you say you're free from the law, none of that avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. I told you last week that I was going to talk to you just for a moment, and that's what I'm going to kind of end the day with today, in how to pray and what is prayer really for? Because faith in God and trust in God can only work if I'm developing my faith by loving, learning to love people that are unlovable. You're not going to love someone else apart from faith. And how is faith developed? Faith comes by hearing. When you're hearing what I'm saying to you today, any message you hear come, uh, you hear preached, what we've been talking about concerning no more fear, when you hear the word preached, faith begins to come as you take what you hear and begin to do something with it, apply it in your life, and then be a doer of that word, things begin to change. And where God intended for us to exercise our faith first and foremost is loving other people. And I say there's no greater way to love other people than to pray for them, to speak the word over them. He said, none of the other things really matter. What matters is faith that is working by the love of God. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, He says a few things in here starting in verse 1. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and I do not love, I become an, a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and, I have, and, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I, I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and, and, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And if you notice in those three verses, he talked about giving, right? He talked about faith, and he talked about laying your life down for other people, all those. And you can do all that stuff, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. And so, in these next few verses, and I'm not going to read them all, just a couple of things that, that are in here. In these next few verses, what he's talking about is loving people by faith, because he says in verse 4, Love, didn't say you did, but he said love suffers long and is kind and does not envy and does not parade itself and is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but, it, but rejoices in the truth, 
bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love doesn't. But all of us can think, go through that list and think about each one of those and think when I was rude the other day or when this person did this and where I wasn't patient in this situation, where I acted this way or that way or whatever it is. And so you can go through those li that list right there and begin to beat yourself up and think that because I'm not doing these things that I'm not good. That's not what he's talking about. He, he, gave, he gave a list. That was the Hall of Fame list of the, of, of the attributes of God himself. Everybody say, God is love. So what he just talked about is that's the way God acts. How many in here think that God is the perfect example that we should be following after, right? Okay? So... God is saying to us that if we learn to love other people by faith, if we learn to forgive people when they've done us wrong, if we learn to be patient when, when we're right in the middle of, a, of, of an impatient situation, a situation where you, you, know, you, you want to try to fix it, you want to get mad at someone else, you, you, know, you want to lose your temper over something, and, and instead of that, I'm going to back up and I'm going to get, begin to pray and maybe even pray about the situation. Say you got a phone call from someone and it irritated you and, and you got frustrated and, and you, you felt like you, know, you, you said something to someone else and you're, you're losing your temper and you're, 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 you're you know, get, try, all of a sudden your emotions want to get out of control. Well, God doesn't do those kind of things. And if... I will allow what's been preached to me to come up on the inside of me, and I learn to back up. Thank God for the ability that we have to pray in the Spirit. As I begin to pray in the Spirit, and the situation that got stirred up as a result of someone else calling me and saying something to me, if I will address that situation by just praying for that person, a lot of times, sometimes just praying for ourselves. But praying for ourselves or that other person, a lot of times things will change in the moment and it'll settle you down and keep you from doing and saying things that you shouldn't be saying and doing. First of all, pray. First of all, pray in faith and believe God. And what you do is you find yourself laying your life down for other people. You find yourself walking in love and fulfilling the plan of God. All that really matters is faith working by love. All that really matters, first and foremost, is that we as a people learn how to pray. The right type of praying that I'm talking about will liberate you from fear, and it'll liberate you from feeling intimidated. And, and, that, and, and that's the enemy's number one goal, is to intimidate you to make you feel like you're not living a good enough life. You're not doing things well enough. You're not praying enough. Praying enough? What, what, what's praying enough? What is praying enough really all about? It's not about praying enough. It's about connecting with God and, and finding yourself with applying the right medicine in a situation or the right answer in a situation or the right response in a situation so that you can be liberated and free. Otherwise, 
You stay controlled by the enemy. You stay controlled by fear. You stay controlled by being intimidated by other people. You stay controlled by being ruled by what other people think and do. God doesn't want us controlled. He wants us declaring and speaking and praying in a correct and a right way. So today, I'm going to show you how I pray for you every day, okay? Or, or at least a piece of what I, how I pray for you every day. And it starts like this. Father, I thank you today for each and every person that is a part of Gates of the City. Those who have been here for years, and a, and a lot of times I'll name different people. Those, Father, that have been here for a short period of time, and then I'll name other people, and, and I'll name different people each day, but I'm still talking about this church body as a group. And Father, I pray for those who haven't come yet. They're not here yet. But they're thinking about it, they're meditating on it, they're, they're contemplating showing up and being a part of this church. I do not cease to make mention of all of them today in my prayers that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give to each of them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of their understanding today, Father, be open and enlightened. that They may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance as a child of God and what the surpassing greatness of your power is to each and every one of them as they believe the word of God. And Father, as they believe the word today, there's no more fear in any of their lives in Jesus' name. Father, I bow my knee today to you, the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that you would grant to each of them, according to your spirit, to be strengthened with might through your spirit in their inner man, that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, and they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that they all may be filled with the fullness on the inside of them. That to you who are able to, to do exceeding and abundantly above all that they can ask or think, according to the power that works in them. And then I pray the Colossians 1, starting with verse 9. For this reason also, what reason? Because of the word that they hear preached and because of the challenge to walk in love that they've been given. That's what Paul said to the church at Ephesus and what he said right here. For this reason, as Paul's saying this to the church at Colossae, I'm saying this, to the people at gates of the city. For this reason also, since the day that I heard of it, I do not cease to pray for each of you, to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Patience and long-suffering with joy. Many times when I get to that point right there, I stop. And I just, I just start sometimes praying in the Spirit. And Lord, 
and, and, and I'll say this, this kind of a thing. I'll say, Lord, in, in, in so many people's lives, they can't do this with joy. They can't have patience and long-suffering with joy. I'm declaring that the people of Gates can do it with joy in their heart. That's how I pray for you. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified each of them to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's delivered them. Lord, you have delivered them from the power of darkness and conveyed unto them the kingdom of the Son of your love in whom they have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of their sins. Father, I thank you that each person at Gates of the City is walking in the power of forgiveness. That's a piece of how I pray for you every day. That's not very hard. That's not very difficult. That's actually something that you could take and pray over other people every day. That's something that you could pray over yourself every single day. That's something that you could, you, you can operate in and take and let it be a guideline to develop your prayer life for the good of other people. Because I'll just tell you this. It really doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. What matters is that you're prayed for. And you're in a good place being under the covering of this body because we pray for you every single day. And I promise you, you need it. I need it. We all need it. He said we needed it. I can't allow myself not to pray for you because of what I preach to you. I'm not preaching something to you today that is necessarily easy uh, I, from, day, from week to week, month to month, year to year. I've not preached things that, that maybe everybody else preaches or that other people may be too nervous to preach. I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach, but then I'm going to pray for you that you get it and that you not allow the enemy to talk you out of it, that you embrace the truths of, the, of, of God's covenant and that you prosper in everything that you do. It's more important for me that you prosper even above myself. I'm not saying that like you think whatever. I, I'm saying, what good is it if I'm teaching you to prosper and you're not prospering? That's no good. If I'm teaching you that God's promises are yea and amen and blessing and health and healing and all, and, and you're not advancing and prospering, it's no good. But I'll tell you where it comes from. What separates you just having information and it working in your life starts with prayer. And we will never not pray. And the, and the prayer that goes out from this church body, not only for the church, but the city, the county, the state, the nation, the planet, the prayer that goes out of this place and has since we started here will never stop. There may be other things that stop and don't work, but we'll never not pray. Because prayer is vital and it is the most important thing. And I'm just encouraging you, join the family of prayers and start praying for other people. The next time, the next time that you <clears throat> find yourself aggravated with somebody, take that Ephesians prayer take you less than 30 seconds to pray it. 
Ephesians 1, starting with verse 16 through verse 19 or 20. And just pray that prayer and then kind of put it into your own words. Put it in the first person for somebody. But begin to pray it over yourself also if you're not praying it over yourself. But the next time a situation arises where it's trying to get the best of you, step back, find time, find some place. You may be driving in your car. Memorize that prayer and begin to pray it and see what begins to happen in your life and your ability to overcome that situation. Instead of allowing it to frustrate you, get you mad at somebody, allow unforgiveness to rise up, you know, allow anger to rise up, frustration to rise up, start praying that prayer. Then pray that Ephesians 3 prayer. Then pray that a Colossians prayer. Then what will happen is you'll start writing your own prayers. Because what a prayer is, is a declaration of what God says is so. That's what a prayer is. There's different forms of prayer. There's different types of intercession. We're not going into that today because I'm done. But the highest form of prayer is you declaring what God says is so about something. So write your declarations. Write out things that God wants you to be saying, not only about yourself, about this church, about other people around you, people that you work with, family members of yours, friends, next-door neighbors. Start speaking and praying. You may have an irritating next-door neighbor that literally lives right next door to you. I used to have one that, you know, he was just irritating. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. He was just an irritating cuss. The nicest way I could say it. And God challenged me one day. He said, you're not praying for the guy. I started praying for him. Didn't change overnight, didn't change the next week. But a couple of years later, as I continued to pray for the man, I played golf with him. And after we played that one round of golf, I never played another round of golf with him, but after we played that one round of golf and we got connected, he was never irritating again. <laughs> But I never would have played golf with the guy. I never would have been open to play golf with the guy. I'd just been irritated with him if I didn't pray for him. Just one step towards doing it God's way. And God's way is first of all.